0: podcast network your team every day
1: you are locked on big 10 your daily podcast on the big 10 conference part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Monday co-host and the host of Locked On Buckeyes, Jay Stevens. I'm Nate Dickinson, here to bring you another week of everything going on in the Big Ten Conference. Jay, thanks for joining us here on a Monday. Hope your Monday's going well. We're recording on Saturday, actually, so hope your Saturday's going well, and then we'll... (laughs) Hopefully get some of that weekend joy carried over on Monday for everyone else too. But first off, how are you doing today? And we've got a lot to get into here. NBA draft stuff to talk about, undrafted free agents to get into. I want to talk about what's going on with the Big 12. We talked about it a lot, but we haven't gotten your takes. I don't think officially yet since things, of course, officially officially were accepted by the SEC. That happened more recently. And we'll get into quarterbacks in the Big 10 too. As we kind of start our season preview of football, we're going to go through each position group in the conference and then give a team preview as well as we lead up to the kickoff of Big Ten football season in September. But Jay, how are you doing today? And we want to pick your brain about so many things. But first off, how's your Monday going? I'm doing well,
0: man. Doing very, very well. Been spending the day watching, past couple of days, watching Outer Banks, the new season that came out on Netflix. So that's taken up a lot of my time. But in the meantime, I do find time to still get some notes together and uh, look at sports and all the things that I love up there, the college football. So I'm ready, pre- prepared for you, watching a little Outer Banks, a little binge, binge watching mm-hmm. on the Netflix. And we're getting closer, to, closer to, the, to the start of the football season, and I can't wait.
1: And again, it's not Monday for us. We're time traveling back here on Saturday when we're recording. Uh, I did want to ask you to start off your thoughts just on the Big 12 and SEC now officially moving some teams over as Oklahoma and Texas are accepted by that conference. Th- this is now happening, happening, Jay. And I guess we knew it was kind of going to happen, happen when it all got announced last week. But I don't want to spend too much more time talking about this. We spent multiple episodes already talking to people about this subject. But just again, Real quick, what do you think about the SEC officially doing things and really signing all the paperwork that we we all kind of thought was going to get signed and setting all this in motion?
0: Well, I've had numerous thoughts about the situation, and I'll just give a couple very, very quickly. The slogan for the SEC, the Southeastern Conference, it just means more. And it surely seems like it does mean more to them as far as getting all the talent, all the schools in their foot, in their conference, mainly college football, to make that the powerhouse conference that it will continue to be. I've also had a thought, and I don't know if this is the same thing for other people, but I would not be surprised if Commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, is petitioning himself and maneuvering himself to eventually be the head of whatever organization or governing body oversees FBS football or say the power five schools break off if he is the commissioner of that because he has been the front runner he has been the main focus and many people that didn't know who Greg Sankey was previously know who he is now they recognize his face recognize his voice and that's something that people need and that people want if they're going to have one governing body, one overseeing um, group that oversees the sport, maybe Greg Sankey is behind closed doors trying to get that role and say, well, I've done all these things with nobody else has thought we were going to do this. I've been behind closed doors in hotels and airports for two years, trying to revamp and change a college football playoff committee in the playoff format. Maybe this is what he's trying to do to try to do this. I, I think he probably had a little bit to do with Texas and Oklahoma uh, quietly trying to come over. I think he's not supposed to reach out to them, but we all know how things are behind closed doors. A lot of things won't come out until 5, 10, 15 years down the road. Before the Big 12, though, that was your initial comment. It's really weird because this conference always—it went from the Big 8 to the, to the Big 12. Now they're back down to 10 teams. A lot of teams from the old Southwest Conference went down to the Big 8 and joined that conference. And it's always been one of those conferences where you got the Big Ten coming in, getting some schools. You got the SEC coming in, getting some schools. You got to go all the way out to the East Coast to get West Virginia. Geographically makes no sense, but they're in the Big 12 now. They've had to try to deal with people leaving, deal with other conferences with people in their conference, going to other conferences, and you got to go all the way out East. It's always been like, we're here But we got to try and scratch and claw to stay afloat and keep our head above the water. And I think you're going to find the Big 12 Conference, if they don't find a way to merge with the American Athletic Conference and get some of those schools over, they might fold. This isn't the first time that a conference has folded. And they I don't believe it will be the last.
1: No, definitely not, especially if this ends up dislodging something that lets the rock start to tumble down the hill. And we'll see what happens. If that happens, but we've, again, spent plenty of time talking about that, Jay. Let's move on to the other news from over the weekend here in the Big Ten. We have our Big Ten medal count that we've been keeping up with throughout the Olympics. You can follow at Locked on Big 10 Locked On Big 10 on Twitter. And from there, we've been keeping track of all the school's representatives and who's gotten what. Our, our latest medal winners as of recording right now. This is, again, we're talking on Saturday night here for a Monday show. Uh, Lily King of Indiana University. Two hundred breast silver medalist in the pool and uh, uh shoot. i uh, shoot. I did not look up how to pronounce this name. I'm really sorry beforehand. I should have and I meant to uh, shoot, uh, shoot. I don't even <laughs> want to try it, Jay. It Maybe happens, you man. can look it up real quick. Real quick, shot. Uh, it's a name that I. I. It's just spelled oddly. It's S I O B H A N. Do you know how to? I know it's like a name that like has a common pronunciation, but doesn't like look right, spelling. Siobhan, she, Bernadette. Siobhan, Siobhan is it, but no, last name, uh, ha, it's H-A-U-G-H, Ha-Yi is when I was going yeah, for it. Yeah, Sheabon. I believe. Yeah, Siobhan is the first name I was looking for. I knew I knew how to pronounce that name, but I just like looked at it right away and it didn't come out. Anyway, she ended up as a silver medalist the 100 free from Michigan. So, I guess she gets some extra hair time as we try to figure out how to say her name, but that's the rich getting richer. As far as the medal count goes, IU was leading with six and Michigan five that bumps them up to seven and six. But by the time that you're listening to this, there probably have been more medalists in the big 10 already. As I knock over something the glasses, things start to fall apart here on the first segment. <laughs> Let's talk more uh, basketball stuff. As we move on here, Jay undrafted free agents from the NBA draft over the weekend on Thursday we had seven Big Ten players drafted. By the time we talked Friday, two had already been signed as undrafted free agents. So five more come in, or I'm sorry, five total come out of the Big Ten. Three more after we last talked with Matt Sheehan. So we have names like Dwayne Washington in Indiana, Aaron Henry at Philadelphia that we talked about. But then other players going to really interesting locations as to where they might fit in if they make this roster. Micah Potter of Wisconsin's in Miami. Sean D. Brown of Michigan's in L.A. with the Lakers. And then Mike Smith at Michigan is over to Milwaukee and the world champion Bucks. So not the easiest teams to try and carve out roles on. But if any of those guys can, they're going to be playing pretty exciting basketball really soon. Did you have anything that stuck out to you as far as just names and fits with those guys? I'll do a couple of them very, very quickly. One, Dwayne
0: Washington Jr. from Ohio State, a young man that I got to see kind of mature and grow throughout last season. Someone that was called to take more of a ball handling role when the starting point guard, CJ Walker, went down. And you you saw him take more of a ball handling role, more of a leadership role, and really just do what was needed to keep the team rolling on all cylinders until the Really bad stretch at the end of the season, which ultimately ultimately they had a first-round exit, losing to Oral Roberts, Max Smith, Kevin O'Banner. I call them the law firm of Smith and O'Banner because you couldn't really stop one or the other. They were, great. they were a pretty good tandem. So him going to the Pacers on a two-way contract, I think it's a great spot for him, but It was kind of expected uh, among me and the guy that I had uh, on the show last week to preview the NBA draft for this particular player. I think it's good, but I think he needs to find a way – to get more consistent with this jump shot. Now, if you're going to be consistent with the mid-range game, great. Consistent with the three-point game, great. But consistency with one of the two is how I think Dwayne Washington Jr. turns this from a two-way contract into a consistent role on an NBA team. May it be the Pacers? Great. May it be another team in the Eastern Conference? Phenomenal. Or a team in the NBA, it does not matter. Find a way to make something that you do well, excel in that so a team says we need to have you on our roster no matter what and then shonda brown going to the lakers i think the leadership that the lakers have from lebron james bringing in a russell westbrook uh, anthony davis hearing rumblings out there very interested in bringing in carmelo anthony and i'm very interested in doing some things as well carmelo anthony having him on my team maybe but I, that's just—it You get very interested, and you get rumors out there right now. I'm very interested in a lot of things as well. Some of them might not happen, but Shawnee Brown going out there to that team, there's going to be high expectations. He had high expectations this past year in in Michigan, and the Wolverines won the Big Ten Conference, and he's going to look to take some of that success that he had in Ann Arbor, taking it to L.A., finding a role, finding a niche, and growing but I think the widest thing for him is to use what he's good at and learn from the older gentlemen that are on the team because ultimately him learning and perfecting his craft is what's going to help him not just be a semi-role player, maybe ninth, 10th, 11th man on the roster, to a guy that's the 6th, 7th, 8th man to get a solid rotational piece on a
1: basketball team. All these guys have uphill battles, Jay. We know that, but it'll be fun to watch. And again, we ran down the list of teams. If these guys can get playing time out there, they're going to be playing meaningful basketball with so many of these players, both drafted and undrafted with where they went. There's a lot of guys who have a chance to not only make an impact, but also make an impact on a good team right away. And that's going to be really fun to watch going forward. In the immediate future, though, we've got Big Ten football coming up soon. It's counting down almost to a month away at this point. In fact, we may even be exactly a month. I believe it's September 2nd when your Ohio State Buckeyes are going to face off against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Mm -hmm. So we're right at a month away right here when things air on Monday. So as we get into the month leading into Big Ten football, we're going to preview all the position groups in the conference and then each individual team too. We'll start with positions and we'll start with quarterback, the most important of them all. We're going to talk about it with Jay here on Locked On Big Ten in just a moment. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new Grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the u.s track and field team so you know these guys are legit that's built bar helping you get the show here today and we thank you built bar Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Monday co-host, Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking quarterbacks as we start to preview the Big Ten football season. A month away, and we're really gearing up here. Every day, we'll have a preview of at least a position group or a team in the Big Ten, and we'll break down everything. Right now, we're going to get into the most important position in football, the quarterback spot, and who is going to lead this conference this season? We've talked about it on the show already. There's really nobody coming in who has that throne to himself. People get knocked off of it all the time. People sit in it from the start and take it the whole season from time to time. Those are the real special ones. But right now, it's kind of vacant. And I want to ask you first, Jay, as we get started here in this conversation, previewing Big Ten QBs, who is, right now at least, the main candidate for that role in your mind? Say it one more time. Say, ask the question again, please. Yeah, yeah. Who is the main candidate for that kind of spot of the leader of the Big Ten, the, I guess, star of the Big Ten, the guy who's going to be the one on ESPN? Because you know somebody's going to do it.
0: It's probably going to be one of the guys at Ohio State. Um, And I think it's mainly because of the wide receiver room and the offensive line that's in front of them. Um, The most the name that people might say, Michael Penix Jr. might be up there. But I'm a little different when it comes to Penix Jr. and him as a player. One, he has to stay healthy. He's had injuries in all three years at Indiana. So his health is one thing that's there. You may say Graham Mertz from Wisconsin. What does Wisconsin have there? And we saw last year after he started five TDs in the first game of the season, he followed it up. He had five interceptions in the next five, and his production immediately drastically dropped. So, no matter if it's Kyle McCord, Jack Miller the third, or C.J. Stroud, who many people believe will be the front runner uh, to win the QB one spot at Ohio State, I do believe that it will be. One of those three, I already have my thoughts on who it's going to be. We'll talk about that here in a second. One of those three, I believe, will be the front runner. And it's mainly because of the talent, but Ryan Day really recruits a quarterback that is really, really good at throwing the football, different offense than what we saw under Urban Meyer. And with the transition in college football, I've noticed where more emphasis on the arm of the quarterback. I think the one of those guys at Ohio State will be the front runner in the conference as far as who is the best that we watch on Saturdays.
1: Well, if you're talking quarterbacks and you're talking about the spotlight, if there's nobody there who stands out, you have to kind of defer who whoever it is going to be playing for the Buckeyes this season. Whether that's CJ Stroud, whether it's somebody else, for Ohio State. We'll find out, but at least going into the season, that quarterback has to be the leader in the clubhouse. But uh, I want to talk more about the other two guys too here, because I feel like we have similar thoughts, which isn't always great for radio or podcast (laughs) or show like this, but I'm not sold on Michael Penix Jr. either. I feel like I've established that on this show, but I'll I'll just kind of definitively say it. I like him. I like the style of play that he brings out, but I'm just not sold on him being able to do it at a level where he can be the guy who can overcome whatever Ohio State's going to put out there as far as the star power goes. Because again, as you mentioned, it's going to be there. It's Ohio State and the supporting cast is around it. So I'm not sold on Michael Penix Jr. I want to be sold on Graham Mertz. But as you mentioned, what does Wisconsin really have there? Does he have the opportunity to really stand out? You know, he has the personality. He's already made the headlines with the things that he's done. But Is he going to be able to back it up with what Wisconsin has on the football field? I don't know. So I feel like you have to right now at least pencil in whoever it is for Ohio State under center. I guess right now that's C.J. Stroud, but we'll find out. I guess if I'm looking at anybody else, maybe Sean Clifford at Penn State, just because, again, Penn State has the good team. The media likes Penn State, but also it's going to be a team that's living in the shadow of Ohio State until Ohio State gives up that crown.
0: Yeah, so we'll start Grant Mertz and then work our way back to Michael Phoenix Jr. as far yep. as those two quarterbacks. So you think about Grant Mertz, think about Wisconsin. Yes, he did come in. Jack Cohn didn't play. I believe Jack Cohn got got hurt. Grant Mertz came in. Phenomenal. Five games, opening game. I forget who they played week one. Um, the thing was under the lights and everyone was like, oh, Grant Mertz, he's the next hot thing. He's the biggest thing since sliced bread. And I'm always like, it's one game. Like don't don't be a prisoner of the moment. So easy with social media and the way that the current um a lot of the current sports media outlets will say things and they'll talk prisoner of the moment. Get caught up in what's going on and not look at the big picture. And I've even heard people lately about the Bucks say, "Yeah, this is one year. Are we looking at dynasty? You can't say dynasty after one NBA championship." I like those people that are level headed, level headed, and don't get caught up in what's right in front of them. So Graham Mertz, five TDs in the opener. Over the next five games, now the team did go three and three last season. Over the next five games, I got some numbers for you 56.9 completion percentage, four touchdowns, five interceptions. That's not sexy at all. That to me does not say anything about a guy that is, oh, we know what we're going to expect. Now, granted, it was year one. He was a starter. Growing pains are expected. But I need to see more of week one grand merch or a portion of that, not what we saw over the next five games. I just don't know. Now, you say, Jay, you said the Ohio State guys, you say that they, none of them, okay, they haven't thrown a a pass in college football. I don't like to use that argument. I think it's just a a generic talking point to people that don't really want to look up things to say. Okay, great. Who's around them? Who's around Graham Mertz? Who's around the quarterback at Ohio State? And look at the track record. It's not just two years of Justin Fields. You had Dwayne Haskins in 2018, who Ryan Day was there. You had JT Bear for a very long time. Not the best passer, but he was very, very successful. Braxton Miller. I mean, Ohio State quarterbacks have had a lot of success. No matter if it's Trestle, Meyer, or Day calling the shots. So there's a track record of success. Improved play at the quarterback position. So I do believe that that track record can kind of follow them right now. Wisconsin has never had that kind of quarterback, no matter who the head coach is. And then Michael Penix Jr. I've never been a fan. I've been a fan. Don't get me wrong. My mom went to Indiana Indiana University. So I want to follow the football team every now and then. But I'm not a fan like other people are. Big Ten Ben was a proponent and a pusher of the Michael Penix Jr. for Heisman campaign. I was never a part of that. I never wanted to hype that up. But a positive about Michael Penix Jr., In the fourth quarter, he did play very well, and he upped his play at a time. If you're the leader of the team, quarterback position, you need to up your play. 1,645 passing yards in the fourth quarter in the six games that he played last year. Remember the overtime win against Penn State week one? That was a lot of success. That was a a great motivational boost that that it brought to the team. And Michael Penix Jr., using his legs, might I add, Got a controversial call at the end with the the ball hitting the pylon. Was it out? Was it not out? That's for a slow-mo, very, very slow-mo camera to figure out and to find. But Michael Penix Jr., I am not the best. Some people say he's very accurate. I think my eyes tell me otherwise, no matter what your eyes tell you. Or the numbers may say, I think the accuracy is not always there. And the ball that he throws, it tends to be one that can get picked off quite a bit uh, with Michael Penix Jr. there. Luckily, last year, he only had four interceptions. I'm not sure what we're going to see from him. Remember, coming off an ACL injury, expected to to be ready in August, but once again, it's an ACL. A mobile quarterback, a guy that moves around, can he rely solely on his arm to be successful? I don't think so, but we'll see what happens this year when he plays in Bloomington, Indiana.
1: Yeah, I'd say with Penix Jr., he's maybe... The explosive pick, the guy that mm-hmm. maybe if he can put it all together, can be that kind of guy that kind of takes the whole nation by storm. Ohio State, CJ Stroud, that's like the safe pick. That's the yeah, pick going yeah. in where you, you know that guy is going to, at the very least, do enough to make a name for himself and his team because, well, the team's going to have a name for itself no matter what. Graham Mertz, I'd say, is kind of like the the personality pick out there. I mean, that team's got Penn State week one on that Saturday at home in Madison. So we already know Graham Mertz isn't camera shy when it comes to this stuff. He's perfectly fine. Putting his name in a headline gets a big win that first week kind of sets that tone in the same way that you said he set the tone before it's one game that one game. But if he's trying to get something going, he has that opportunity to do it again as he has before. So we'll see what happens as far as the top of the conference goes. I mentioned a guy like Sean Clifford before we'll talk more about Who are the rest of the quarterbacks out there? Who could be maybe the dark horse to really compete with the top of those guys? And that's what I want to ask you here before we get into our break, Jay. Is there anybody out there in the rest of this conference outside of that top three, which I think we and a lot of people have established as the top tier of the Big Ten going in at quarterback? Is there anybody else that you think right now could step into that next tier? Clifford, I think, is maybe the the wild card that kind of gets penciled it automatically just because of again the team he has and experience but is there anybody else that you think could do it or is he your guy too
0: no it's not sean clifford um i am not i've never been a, a I've never been sold on Sean Clifford, the quarterback. I know he can be somewhat successful at t- an 11-2 season in 2019, and then the debacle that was the 2020 football season for the Penn State and Indy Lions. Some people might say Tanner Morgan might be the guy that Jay will go with, a guy that uh, P.J. Fleck at Victon Media Day stated that – Tanner Morgan is the heartbeat of the team. Also, when I first saw Tanner Morgan, I saw P.J. Fleck. I thought that was a father-son tandem, not knowing that he just followed him from mm-hmm. Western Michigan down to Minnesota, over to Minnesota to play the football. Um, I thought maybe that there was a little family connection. I was wrong. I'm not going Tanner Morgan. This is somebody that I've been very, very high on, a lot higher than I was on his brother who played very, very, very good football. To lay a you put him in a very, 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 very good offense. If you put him around guys that aren't at Maryland, let's say he's at an uh, an Iowa where Spencer, Spencer Petras had an okay season last year, we want to look for some more success, or you put him at a team at like Ohio State. You have elite coaches, you have elite players, on the offensive line, running back and receivers, I think we'll see Talia Tungvaluwa literally be looked at as a Heisman candidate this year. Don't think he'll be in the conversation based off the personnel around him. But Talia Tungvaluwa is somebody that I've always been big on, always been high on. And I think he is expected by many to have a big 2021 Football season last year in the Big Ten, he was third in the conference in passing yards per game 252.8, third in completion percentage 61.5. And the team scored 45 and 35 points in back to back games, one against Minnesota, the other against the Penn State Nittany Lions. Now, I do know that he lost his running mate or his back running back from last year in, in Jake Funk to the NFL late round, sixth or seventh round draft pick last year. But you do have uh, Dante Demas Jr., Raheem J- Jarrett, and Brian Cobbs on the outside, along with Deshaun Jones. Can't forget him as well. Had 11 catches and one trip to pay dirt last season, and that is Jones. I think that offense in another year for Mike Loxley, year number three, with Talea calling the shots, I do believe there's one quarterback in the Big Ten football conference that can mock, jump into the top three category is Talea Tungvaluwa. And honestly, I'm going to say it now. I know it's early. I know it's August. I think to lay will have a better season or can't have a better, can't can have a better season than Michael Penix
1: Jr. Nice little save there. Nice little <laughs> save there. Can, can. Don't want to make the take too yes. hot out yes. there. Well, Jay, I've got things to say about him, about everybody else that you mentioned, but we'll save it here for the end of the program. We're going to talk about the rest of the conference's quarterbacks here on Locked On Big Ten. Who could step up into that top tier that we talked about? Who is set to maybe try and make that next step if it isn't into that top tier of quarterbacks even? We'll talk about all of it here as we finish up on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And, of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, betonline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to betonline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with too. If you go to betonline.ag right now and use our promo code Locked On you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day. Alongside Jay Stevens, our Monday co-host, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking Big Ten quarterbacks, and while we've talked about the top and into the middle a little bit here with Jay, I want to get into the rest of the conference here real quick as we wrap up the show and discuss any sort of guys who we think could be making the next step forward, could be on the way to success in this conference under center, or really just like as we go all the way down who? puts a blip up on your radar, I guess. And I first wanted to start off by making some comments on what you said just at the end of the last part of the show. First off, we talked to Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford. I think they're right now for me, like along with Ohio State was like the safe pick of the top tier. I think those two are like the safe picks of that second tier in that one. They're not going to, I think, have terrible seasons. I think they'll be solid. But also I don't see those two guys doing anything that we haven't already seen from them before. Both have had really good seasons. Both have had success. Both can have that success again, but I I don't think I see they're like breaking out onto the scene. I think Tunga Bailoa has a much more greater chance of that as in the same way Michael Penix Jr. does at like a national level to be able to break out. I just see like Tanner Morgan and Sean Clifford being more of the safer picks here. I, I don't know. Again, we mentioned what you thought about it too, but I just don't see them getting into that. Even if they're playing like the top three quarterbacks in the Big Ten, I don't feel like anybody could do anything in those situations to make themselves really, really relevant on like a national stage. But that's just my thoughts on like what you had there at the end. I know I said I wanted to comment on it. Let's go down the rest of the conference, Jay. As you look at all the teams that we haven't talked about yet, who is it that kind of intrigues you? What are just kind of your biggest biggest things that you're thinking about when you look at who's under center the rest of the way. I'll go with a guy that I mentioned
0: to you off air. He's been around for a while and people may think how in the world does he still, does he still have eligibility in college football to still play at Nebraska? Uh, Kansas had Perry Ellis in college basketball. And I kept saying, how in the world have you been in, uh, been playing basketball for the past 10 years? Cause Perry Ellis looked like he'd been playing Kansas basketball for literally 10 years straight with the, Crazy hairline that he had there, but Adrian Martinez, still still there, third, uh, three-year starter, two-year co-captain. Uh, set a school record last year, which is amazing to me. It's 71.5 percent of a completion percentage. So you're thinking, Jay, setting a school record that's amazing. If you watch Adrian Martinez play the football, there are so many question marks: decision making, arm strength, arm accuracy. I still That 71.5, if he didn't split time with the McCaffrey kid last year, I don't think that 71.5 would have stuck because you had to play each quarterback a little bit different because their skill sets are different. So also with him, it was a lot of running game that you look at. You don't look at Martinez with the arm maybe per se. It's more the running game. And like I mentioned earlier, college football, more, more of an emphasis on the arm, that's not Martinez's strength. I think that's where he struggled com- consistently with the arm strength. Another guy that I'm kind of going to be watching only because I saw him. Well, if he does play, I, one guy that played that lit that played high school twenty minutes from me. Another guy that played high school football fifteen minutes from me. Brandon Peters. I didn't get to watch Hunter Johnson. I did get to watch play Hunter Johnson. I said, okay, good. You're you're going to Clemson. Great. What are you now? You're nothing. You're playing. You're playing in the Big Ten football conference, playing at Northwestern. You're a senior and you're not expected to start at Northwestern University. Let that sink in for you. You were one time a highly talented recruit. And now you're transferring to the Big Ten, a football team that's known for toughness, uh, a grit, grind. And you're not going to start at football coming off Peyton Ramsey, who didn't have a good season last year. You're gonna. You're probably not gonna start, and, and Ryan Helensky is gonna start there. A transfer from South Carolina, where he started as uh, started there, I believe, as a freshman. I believe um, at South Carolina, and then the other one, Brandon Peters, um, Brett Bielema, year number one. Peters missed three games last year due to COVID protocol. Started five games for second year in a row. Zero ints in 2020. Now I think it's a big stat to hang his hat on. You didn't turn the ball over through the air. At the same time, you have a new head coach and a new OC and Tony Peterson. What do you expect? You haven't lived up to the hype at all coming out of high school, just like Hunter Johnson. Unlike Hunter Johnson, you're starting in, in Champagne, Mr. Brandon Peters. You got to figure something out because you don't want this. You don't want to go out and make the bang. You go out on a dumpster fire type of bang because you just can't get things right in Champagne. I understand new head coach and new O.C. That's a challenge in and of itself. But I think you have some skills to go to a new level, not the top level, a new level up just a tad from the way you have played previously.
1: Well, that's kind of the silver lining if you're over there in Illinois is that the expectations are pretty low and there really is nowhere to go but up. So <laughs> any sort of improvement, of course, is going to be well welcomed over there. As far as the rest of the guys here, I mentioned I had the top tier when I started jotting things down. In my second tier, it was a big group of guys where it's like, I think this could work with these guys for uh, multiple different reasons. With like Tanner Morgan or Sean Clifford, it's because... It's worked before with people like uh, whoever's starting at Michigan or Spencer Petras at Iowa. It's just kind of like they have the talent, you know. And again, with Petrus and then someone like Adrian Martinez, too, at Nebraska, they've just been there for a while. So uh, I think if I'm picking people, Sean Clifford's my guy to maybe get into most reliably be behind that top three. I don't think he gets into that. I, I just don't see Mm-mm. that happening. Uh, I just don't see him getting above that. But as far as like number four, I think he's my number one candidate. If I'm looking for like a long shot as to who could be that kind of big surprise, maybe it is like an Adrian Martinez for me that I talked about before we went on mm-hmm. air too, is to like, he's just been there so long. And he again has skill set as a dual threat quarterback to where he can, if he can put it together, up here and make it work together on the football field, it can be really exciting. So it's a situation where I think there's a lot of quarterbacks here that could be making that next step, getting to that next level. And some of them will because it's a big group and somebody's got to end up rising up to the top. As far as just on the bottom, I mentioned Illinois. I mentioned Michigan State. I had Purdue there. I had Rutgers there as like my four kind of bottom tier guys Really, Michigan State and Illinois are kind of establishing themselves as my bottom of the Big Ten teams right now more than anybody else. But uh, I'm just interested. Any thoughts on anything else you mentioned already, kind of what's going on in some of those spots? But it's situations where teams aren't looking great. And part of it's because the quarterback spot doesn't have much to be excited about.
0: Yeah, Purdue, you mentioned Purdue and you mentioned uh, what's there, the team. I mean, you're not really trying to – I mean, Purdue is not a, really a team that you think is going to do have much success this year. And if you think about specifically the quarterbacks, the topic of the day, Jack Plummer, I believe he's the son of former NFL quarterback Jake Plummer. Jake. Will he be the guy to take the next step? Last year, him and Aiden O'Connell kind of had – they both had similar stats. Both threw for – eighty, had 88 completions. Uh, O'Connell had 136 attempts where Plummer had 124 both had around a little over 900 passing yards, both only threw two interceptions. O'Connor, seven touchdowns to where Plummer had eight. Their stats were very, very similar. So I'm wondering, outside of David Bell, how, who in the world out there is at Purdue that can help this young man throw the football and be very, very successful? I don't know. But the one that intrigues me, can Cade McNamara help Jim Harbaugh keep his job? I don't call for people's jobs. I think I've talked about it here on before. Where I think the restructured con- the new contract extension, lowering the buyout, it was more school-friendly and booster-friendly than Jim Harbaugh-friendly. Can Cade McNamara, who Jim Harbaugh has said is QB1 going into camp, can Cade help Harbaugh keep the job in Ann Arbor? I don't think so. But I wonder if the young man can prove me wrong. I like being proven wrong when I say no. I when my thought process is a negative. I like when somebody says, no, Jay. No, you think it can't happen. I'm gonna show you how it can. I'm gonna show you it will. And Cade McNamara, I am curious how him, Roddy Bell, and the other players that play Wolverine's football, how they will help Harbaugh keep his job. I don't think it's possible. I don't want to see the man get fired. I've been fired before. Luxury for him. We talked about it here. If he gets fired, he'll get another job, probably making millions. If Jay gets fired from a job, the whole little pay scale is a little bit different than that of a high level college football coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, whoever is at quarterback at Michigan, just like Ohio State, going to have a lot of pressure on him, no matter what. And Cade McNamara is going to go into the season with that little bit of added pressure of knowing that Jim Harbaugh is in win-now mode in no way that he's ever been before and maybe more so than anyone's ever been as that Michigan head coach because, again, he's still there now, but the seat's hotter than maybe a head coach in college has had in recent memory. But we'll see how that all plays out. Jay, before we let you go here on the Monday show, it's the quarterback preview. Anything else you want to touch on here before we head out or just, I guess, one big umbrella on just how you view this position in the conference in 2021?
0: I view the conference at the quarterback position just like I view the teams at in the Big Ten football conference. It's Ohio State and everybody else. Now, the gap between Ohio State and everybody else at the quarterback position, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as it is Ohio State talent versus the other 13 teams in the conference. I think that that gap can be a little bit smaller, and I do think you're going to find that there may be a guy or two that we didn't highlight or maybe we weren't high on that may play better than what we previewed here, which is amazing. It's what we like to see. We want everybody to play well. But I think that gap between the Ohio State QB and the other schools, the other quarterbacks, it's getting a little tighter. But I still do think that the Ohio State QB, whoever it may be, I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. Many people say C.J. Stroud. I would not be shocked if Kyle McCord, true freshman quarterback from Pennsylvania, is the starting quarterback and it would be a nice connection because he will have the option to throw the ball to a receiver he threw the ball to in high school and Marvin Harrison Jr., the son of former NFL wide receiver Marvin Harrison, who played at the or for the Indianapolis Colts. So no matter who it is, a quarterback wise at Ohio State, I think it's that top tier, everybody else. But the gap, I do believe, Nate, is getting smaller.
1: Yeah, it's part of the reason why some teams think they have a shot at all at beating Ohio State this season just because the quarterback spot is unproven, not even untalented, but just unproven. It's easy to forget that while Ohio State comes in and always gets that reputation, the individuals on the team do not get that reputation. They get the expectation that the reputation has to be earned still, and C.J. Stroud or whoever it is It's going to have to earn it on the football field starting September 2nd in Minnesota against the Golden Gophers. Jay will, of course, talk to you about that game as we continue to preview the Big Ten football season and get ready for the kickoff of things on September 2nd. And, of course, we welcome you in every single Monday here on Locked On Big Ten as our co-host as well. Thanks for joining us again here to start off our week. Again, before we let you go, remind people of how they can stay in contact with you in between our Monday shows. I got to one quick comment. You mentioned Ohio State opening the season September 2nd. That's the Ohio State
0: season opener. The Big Ten football conference kicks off August oh, 28th. Oh, yes, that's right. Nebraska and Illinois kicking off week zero of the entire season. I don't know if that's the first game, but I do believe that's the first Big Ten game to open the season. You guys can follow me on Twitter at JSteven07. Make sure you check out Locked on Buckeyes Monday through Friday of this week. I believe today, Bob Bender from Sporting News will be with us talking about conference realignment, how it affects the Ohio State Buckeyes and other people around the Big Ten Football Conference. That'd be a fun fun conversation. And a lot of you will be excited because fall camps start this week. I'm excited for Ohio State. I'm sure everybody else around Big Ten country is excited to watch their team start practice because, you know, the start of the season, it's just around the corner.
1: Jay Stevens always keeping me on my toes. Forgot about week zero, man. Forgot about <laughs> week zero. We'll have him back here next week on Monday here to talk about whatever happens over the weekend and, of course, throughout the week in the Big Ten. Until then, Jay, thank you for joining us here on the program. We'll have you back, of course, next week. I'm Nate Dickinson. You've been listening into to Locked On Big Ten.